baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Dr. John Abraham is a frequent guest on this show. We love talking to Dr. Abraham from the University of St. Thomas School of Engineering, usually talking uh, things about uh, climate. And he joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Before we get to that, uh, Dr. Abraham, I started the show talking about because Jeff Bezos' brother and sister invested $10,000 when he started Amazon. That's now worth over a billion dollars. And I was asking people what their best investment was. And it doesn't have to be financial, just even something that maybe they paid minimal amount of money for, got free, and now they can't imagine their life without it. Can you th- putting you on the spot here, but can you think of something that you invested in now that you can't, can't imagine your life without? Oh, man. Um, okay, so this is going to sound sort of cheesy. Uh, invested in relationships yes. and people around you. Yeah. I mean, I know you. That's see, true. You, your, your lead-in was something you put just a little bit of effort into and paid off. But, you know, relationships you put a lot of effort into, and it's probably the most important thing. So, uh, wow, tough question. But, uh, yeah, I'd say relationships. That's a great answer. That is absolutely something. I think a lot of us overlook it, too. I think it's just, well, you know, you just uh, you have a friend or a spouse or whatever, and you just it's effortless. It isn't. It is. It's, no. It, it, the work pays off. Uh, so it was a hot year in 2023, and uh, at the, <laughs> at the uh, expense of being glib, how hot was it, Dr. Abraham? <laughs> Well, it was so hot. Um, so Very let good. Me give you a, a, a quick intro. Um, my research team, which involves people from around the world, um, you know, this this great research coming out of the University of St. Thomas, um, which is you know a, a, a small school in a in a small state, um, mm-hmm. is still making big impacts. We're working with teams from uh, Europe, uh, Asia, uh, Australia, a number of other countries, and we are the first people out of the gate each year, typically. The, to provide the temperature of the prior year. And wh- the data is in, and we've got a publication that is being reviewed as we speak, and last year was hot. And you're going to hear a lot of stories about how warm last year was, but what our study has found is the heat is everywhere. It is in the atmosphere, which is the air, uh, but it's also in the oceans, and the oceans are really the key because you know, the, the old adage, a watched pot never boils. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really true. A water can take up a ton of heat without changing much of its temperature. So um, almost all of the extra heat from global warming ends up in the oceans. So if you want to know how much is the earth warming, the answer is in the oceans. And we got the data. And the data is striking, scary, and exciting. I don't know, whatever adjective you want to use. Um, but the data is the heat is so large that we have to use analogies. So I'm wondering if I could use a couple of analogies. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that allows us to understand uh, the science behind it. All right. Well, well this one is going to be um, a, a little scary. If we compare the amount of heat that went in the oceans last year to the bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Okay, you with yep, me? Yep. Okay, I want you to imagine six bombs going off every second of every day of every week for the entire year. That's how much heat went into the ocean. Oh my gosh. 
Now, now I'll use one that's a little less macabre, um, Olympic swimming pools. The amount of heat went in um, to the oceans equivalent to boiling 1.2 billion Olympic swimming Jeez. pools last year. Yeah, that, so that doesn't make me feel much better than the the, the atomic bomb one, but uh, I see your no, point. No, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so the, the records are off the chart, um, and and what we're finding with the oceans is that the heat that goes into the oceans ends up everywhere else. It's one of the reasons we're having such a warm um, a winter here in Minnesota. Part of it is El Nino, but a lot of it is due to this ocean warming. So when the oceans warm. They affect the weather everywhere. Oceans drive the weather. Oceans cover 70% of our planet. So as the oceans warm, storms are getting more severe. We're getting more flooding, heavier downpours, stronger hurricanes. So that's one of the reasons we're concerned about it. But, yep, last year was a hot one, and uh, you're the first to hear about it. Okay. And so the argument, so talking about the mild winter here, uh, looking last year, we had, it was very cold and very snowy. Uh, somebody who says, well, what about that? What's your answer to that? Yeah, actually, last year was not that cold uh, and snowy. If you look back at the record, and if you remember, let me just, let's let's take a step back. Two years ago, we had tornadoes in December in Minnesota. And then last year, do you remember last year, it rained every single month, January, February. I mean, so that is unusual weather. That's incredibly unusual weather. So, um, so last year and the year before that were not particularly cold. Um, they're particularly cold compared to this year, but not compared to the historical trend. But, but the point this, the question makes is a good one. You don't want to look at one data point, one winter, one summer. That doesn't tell you what's happening to the climate. That is absolutely true. But when you look at um, what's happening over a long period of time, a clear and emerging picture uh, emerges. Uh, and, our data actually goes back to 1958, and we're, we're showing that there's been a continue, almost continuous warming uh, since 1958. So we look at the long-term trends, um, but, but the point the questioner makes is a good one. You don't want to look at just one weather event. Weather is not climate. Uh, a weather accumulated over many months and years, that is climate. This kind of winter that we're having, though, uh... It, well, lack of snow, lack of real uh, cold snap to get the ice on the lakes. Is this something that would, will be more common here? What well, already is more common. So it turns out uh, winters are warming faster than summers. <clears throat> and it also turns out that the further you are from the equator is warming more than being closer to the equator. So Minnesota winters are warming faster than normal, faster than other places are. And we are experiencing, you know, this type of winter weather is happening more often. And I got to tell you, um, on the one hand, it's sort of nice. I walked my daughter to school. It was about a half mile walk this morning and I had a light coat on and, and, you know, gloves and a hat and I felt great. So there's some benefits, especially in Minnesota when you get warmer winters, but you, and, and, you know, it's, it's hard to feel bad when you're walking to your car and it's not minus 30 below. But there are negative consequences as well that have um, both, but that both affect our economy and our biodiversity. So warm winters are, are sort of nice for us. We, it makes us feel good, but uh, there is an underlying concern that scientists have that, that there's a real disruption happening. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app.
the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams, all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We are talking to Dr. John Abraham from the University of St. Thomas School of Engineering. They're out or will be out uh, next week, I believe, with this report about uh, the temperature, about how the 2023 was the hottest on record. That report, how is it used? And I guess um, how alarming will it be? Uh, I guess is it uh, surprisingly alarming in the fact or will do other people who read and consume this information, were they expecting this? Uh, we were expecting it, um, and it's it's alarming, but it's not surprisingly alarming. Um, what we we've been doing this study since uh, 2018, and every year the oceans have gotten warmer, and and this year continues apace. It's a little bit more than prior years, but not too much. Um, so the warming is happening, and and you get this year after year after year records being broken. What we are looking for very carefully in the data, though, is whether the warming is accelerating, is it getting faster and faster and faster? That would be a disaster if we if we notice that. We haven't noticed that yet. Um, there has definitely been an increase of warming since the mid-1980s. Things uh, accelerated back then. But then we've been on this steady stair climb since then. So we're watching to see if things are accelerating. That means that we're sort of going off the rails, but we haven't seen that yet. But, you know, um, it, it's something we've got our, our eye on. Uh, and if you've been following global warming science for the last decade or so, you're not going to be surprised by the numbers that are going to come out. And, and the publication date of our study is expected to be the 11th of January. Uh, not so watching that, may, hopefully keeping your fingers crossed that the, the acceleration of the warmth is not happening. What about the slowing of the warmth? What would it take to do that? And are we... Are we doing, clearly we're not doing enough, but are we at least headed in the right direction? Uh, we are not doing enough, but we are headed in the right direction. The, the most critical thing for us to do is to reduce the amount of heat-trapping gases we put in the atmosphere. It's really simple. It's a simple solution. And how do we accomplish that? Well, we accomplish it two ways. We use energy more wisely. Let's not waste energy. Let's use, Let's conserve energy. Let's not waste it when we don't need it. Secondly, Let's maximize our clean and renewable energy sources. I mean, we've talked about this before on your show. Wind, solar, and hydro yep. are decreasing costs so rapidly that you can power your house, your car, your business by solar or wind at a price cheaper than coal. And, and when you do that, you know what? You're sending dollars to farmers in southern Minnesota with wind turbines. And, and you're, pro you're promoting and, and supporting economies in Minnesota that use high pay, high skill jobs. So the solutions are out there. It's to use these newly available, clean, uh, low cost sources of energy. We just need to, we just need to do it. And if we do it, we're going to save money and the environment at the same time. That's a good point, especially with people now entering the new year. Lots of us make resolutions. What's one thing each of our listeners could do, a simplest thing they could do to help in that effort? Um, I think that if, if you haven't been involved in energy or climate in the, in the past, the, the most simple thing, the starting point is just to be aware. How are you using your energy? 
Um, are you leaving lights on? Are you letting your car idle? Are you letting that hot water run for three minutes while you're lathering up your face for a shave? Um, are you taking a 15-minute shower? Just be mindful of the ways that you're using energy in your home and your business. And, and once you start to pay attention, you're going to see a lot of different areas that you can cut back, and you're, you're not going to suffer a lower-quality life. So I think awareness uh, starts – and then, you know, the other thing is uh, talk to your family and friends. Tell them how important the climate is to you. Uh, and if it's important to you, it might become important to them. I mean, look, we only have one world to give our future generations, and let's give them a world that provides the quality of life that we've enjoyed. And and we can do that if we all work together and pull in the same direction. Last question, and I, uh, I hope I'm not stumping you on this one, but a texter wondering, and I'm wondering because it's like seems like it's been cloudy for a month and a half. Does that have anything to do with what we're talking about, the cloud pattern, that we're not seeing the sun as much? Uh, that's a good question. Part of the reason that we've got a lot of clouds is warmer temperatures. Warmer air can hold more moisture. Yeah, people will also often notice that in the middle of January on a very, very cold day, you often have very clear skies. Mm-hmm. So part of it is temperature. And to be honest with you, the cloudiness is driven uh, a lot by what's happening in the Pacific. There's something called an El Nino happening, yep. which is a warm blob of water in the Pacific. And when you've got warm water in the Pacific, it evaporates into the atmosphere and then becomes clouds all over the planet. So it's really a mix. It's a mix of temperatures and El Nino. Dr. Abraham, thank you so much. We always love talking to you. Thanks for jumping on with us, especially uh, before your report is least released. But we'll look forward on the 11th. Thank you, sir. Sounds great. Have a great day. Dr. John Abraham from the University of St. Thomas. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.